This is exactly right. I'm Kate Winkler Dawson, a journalist, author, and podcast host. And I'm Paul Holes, a retired investigator with experience solving some of America's most notorious cold cases. Together, we host Buried Bones, a historical true crime podcast on the Exactly Right Network. Each week, we examine a different case from history and use our years of experience and 21st century forensics to bring new insights into these very old tragedies. Like the time the Sausage King of Chicago's wife went missing in 1897. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday. Follow Buried Bones wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Bonut episode of I Saw What You Did. My name is Melina Cherico. I'm Danielle Henderson. And we're gonna answer some emails again. Hey. That's our new song, just for you. Um, have you clocked that I basically look like Joe Pantaleano wearing a beret to a movie <laughs> premiere in the 90s? Is that a beret? No, that- it's, a, it's a slap cap. It's like a satin sleep cap. Oh, I see. I was going to say, it's very um, either that or Lil Steven from the E Street Band. 100%. I yeah. do look like Lil Steven. I feel like Lil Steven. They, and I look like little Steven. And I feel like both of them, were they both on The Sopranos? Was yep. Joey Pants on The Sopranos? <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> I actually but never I just, saw The Sopranos, so. Oh, I, I highly know. recommend watching The Sopranos. Yeah. Highly recommend. But um, yeah, I just woke up like an hour ago because, you know, summer and unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny you say that because I decided to set an alarm this morning because I was like, you know how, like, I'm in your mode. Let's just say that. And you know that when you're in that mode, sometimes you're like, do I need to get up at six o'clock in the morning? Maybe if I got up at eight, maybe if I got up at 10, maybe if I got up at noon, like it's the like creeping uh, alarm time. And it's like, I, so lately I've been sleeping pretty late and I made a decision that I was going to stop doing that. Well, I actually made two decisions that are probably the worst two decisions to make around the same time. Number one is that I was going to start waking up early again. So I set an alarm this morning. And number two, I am limiting my coffee intake. Oh, why do you torture yourself like this, Millie? Well, because I have been a nervous wreck for like a month. You've been literally twitching. (laughs) <laughs> oh, like jittery, jittery Josephine over here. I'm like having, like I, I was sitting there like totally thinking that I had some kind of medical condition. Like I was like, oh, I'm there's something wrong with me. I'm feeling insane right now. I am, I can't even like form sentences around people that are like going off into the ether. Like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling nervous. I'm, I'm my my whole body feels like electric, and I'm like, what's going on? And then I realize that I've been drinking this concentrated cold brew. No, with maybe I don't know twenty ounces a day. Like starting out the day with like a giant cup of concentrated cold brew that I bought from the store. It's like pre made. No. 
So I was having so much caffeine that I was basically giving myself panic attacks for the past Jesus. month. It's been happening for a month. I know, and I didn't know what was wrong until I realized that. So I told myself from now on, I'm going to limit to the serving size that they recommend, which is 12 ounces. I would go one one step further and maybe suggest just don't, don't drink cold brew. <laughs> just have regular ass coffee and iced coffee. And less if you want. But I guarantee that will change your whole dynamic if you because cold brew, as we have discussed several times on the pod, cold brew will fuck you up. Yeah. And it's like, listen, I used to make my own like I up until now for years, I made my own. And for some reason, I'm like, I'm so fucking lazy to do it. Like, because it takes forever. You got to do it overnight, all this stuff. So I was like, I'm just going to buy it from the store. Like, I'm just going to buy it in the freezer case. And, you know, like, they make a lot of different, there's a lot of different brands now. So I, but I was drinking it because it's so hot. I've been drinking the shit out of it. And so I think I was, it was basically (laughs) giving myself anxiety. So I drank 12 ounces this morning and I feel so tired. Like, I just feel not good. Oh, <laughs> that that does level out. I'm sorry you're feeling bad, but it does level out after like a week. Your body adjusts to not having as much caffeine. And I know you've done yeah. this in the past, so you know that. But that first week is tough. It is tough. Oh, yeah. And plus, I'm I woke up at least two and a half hours earlier than I probably would have. I don't know. So now oh, I'm in this. No. So this episode is going to be the opposite of caffeinated. It's going to be a little for you. Yeah. Because I just finished my morning coffee, and now I'm going to crack a Diet Coke. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> but also, that's it for me for the day. Like, I, I don't continuously drink Diet Coke and coffee all day. Like, once I get my fill of my one-in-one, then it's mm. water for the rest of the day. Or and sometimes I stay. Yeah. Well, I need, I like, because... Yeah, because that's the other thing, too, is that throughout the day, I was also having iced tea, a Diet Coke here and there, or whatever. And so, cumulatively, I was having so much caffeine yeah. that I was up all night wringing my hands. So, no. anyway, I'm trying well, it. I'm trying it. A, t- a tiny habit form forming, perhaps. I don't know. but um, Good. I'm glad you made anyway. the adjustment. You can't be out here twitching in this day and age. And not sleeping. It goes down so easy in the summertime. That's the problem. Yeah. Like you're just yeah, like, that's oh, why I'm I chugging. 100% sw- switch to water because I'm like, oh, I could do this way too easily on a hot day yeah. and just be drinking iced tea like crazy and like Coke, I Coke's like crazy and I just can't, can't do it to myself. Yeah. So I'm usually done around noon. But um, yeah, I woke I I just finished my first, the first draft of my first novel. So usually well, I fun. do wake up at six o'clock in the morning. But yeah. I was kind of out with friends all weekend and like, you know, going to dinner parties and things. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to sleep in today because I have, I'm done writing. I'm taking a break. I'm just going to treat myself. And for me, sleeping in is like 10. (laughs) Like that to me feels like I slept all day because I usually wake up at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So I'm just feeling like, all right, it's going to be a real lagging, slow kind of day. My only plan is to watch finally the Randall Emmett documentary on hulu oh damn i, I haven't forgot watched about that shit yeah i haven't watched it yet because i don't care about him but i do care about lala kent yeah well and like i care about him insofar as he was this 
producer of those like weird direct-to-video movies that all these famous guys were making secretly. They call call them (laughs) geezer teasers. Because they're all these like older action stars that guys will apparently pay to see in these weird movies or rent in these weird movies. Geezer teasers, which I thought was something sexual. (laughs) Yeah, it's like one of those uh, butthole tickling devices or something. (laughs) (laughs) French ticklers. What's a a French tickler? Not a butthole tickler. First thing in the morning, I just woke up, Millie. <laughs> I know. I'm. So, I, I. I just realized that. I'm like, dude. She's probably like, I hate doing this podcast. Not Why are we talking all. about buttholes and ticklers? No, I just. So uh, what is a French tickler? Is it? I don't know. I thought it was a vibrator, but maybe it's like a finger. You know, like those finger puppets with the arms that like waggle around. <laughs> is it like yes. that? I. I definitely thought it was one of those things that you put on the top of your pencils with like, you know, the little monsters. It actually kind of <laughs> looks like that now that I've Googled it. You Googled French it. Tickler. Oh, yeah. A latex condom that is designed with additional protrusions to enhance the sexual pleasure of the receiver. And it definitely looks like those pencil tops no. from elementary school. Look, yes. you, can, you can lose me at additional protrusions. Yes. To each their own, but I'm out at that point. Well, a French and like, tickler. Why you got to bring the French into this? I know, I know. And I, and to be honest, it could be for the butt or any other place. So, it wasn't I was like halfway, right? Yeah. Apparently, if it's if it's attached to a condom, you can use it anywhere you want. Well, then I think we should file the paperwork to be like this is no longer called a French tickler. It's called a geezer teaser. <laughs> And it's our new merch. <laughs> yes, and it's <laughs> available on the Exactly Right Shop. Um, well, now I got to watch that Randall Doc because yeah. I, I mean, they're not. I feel like they're not going to focus on those those movies. I think they're. We know what we're, they're going to focus on, right? But it's just such a weird pocket of movies to yeah. be like, hey, Robert De Niro's in this movie for five minutes and he made like millions of dollars to do yeah. it. But then nobody wa- has seen it because it's direct-to-video type of thing. And also what makes, and what made me think of it too is, is like I just hadn't seen it, but I finished rewatching Vanderpump from the beginning. And mm. um, I am kind of shocked that Bruce Willis did so many movies with him and then he was diagnosed with aphasia, like he has dementia now. And his yeah. last fucking movie was with this bullshit geezer teaser with Randall Emmett. Oh. Like, can you imagine? You That has to go through an older actor's head, or really any actor's head, probably more than we think. Is like, if this is my last movie, is it worth it? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, you know what? It makes those uh, 60s and 70s Elizabeth Taylor movies amazing by comparison, if you think there about you it. Go. Because at least they were, stu- you know, being made and 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 put out in movie theaters and stuff. I mean, right. no no shade to direct to video folks, no shade. But I'm just saying, like that that type of put out to pasture stuff has always been like a like primarily something for females in Hollywood. So in a weird right. way, it's like guess what? It does happen for guys too. It is kind of interesting because it's guys who made the bulk of their living off of their body, the way a lot of women also do so if you're making a living off of your body your body will eventually start falling apart like a melted crayon because that is just Mm -hmm. nature and there you go like it's happening to men too now well i like i definitely don't want to like support rand 
but I also am like, should I watch one of these things? Like, I don't know. Are no. they even interesting? No. You, you shouldn't watch one. I don't <laughs> think we should give him that much support. He already, he already paid 50 cent. <laughs> he paid, remember? <laughs> That's the other thing I was laughing at. I'm like, remember when he's like, I'm sorry, 50. <laughs> 50. <laughs> I will think of an old meme and let it delight me for an entire day. Fofty also sounds like a sex toy, by the way. <laughs> we'll sell it in the merch toy next to the French ticklers. And it'll just be <laughs> like a blindfold that just says, don't do that across the eyes. <laughs> the, the, classic, the classic Fofty. The Fofty extreme. <laughs> <laughs> Waterproof Fofty. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. All right. Well, look, we on that note. <laughs> this, this can go in diabolical. Yeah, this is going to diabolical direction if we don't get started on these emails. So, Oh, uh, it's already, it already has. So <laughs> let's jump on in. The first email is from Beth, who identifies as a white lady with a mudroom. <laughs> Great. Throw it into the gender spectrum. <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the email subject is. Who has mentioned Bicentennial Man? It's me! (laughs) 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 Hi, Millie and Danielle. My favorite podcasts have been piling up since summer break started, so apologies if loyal Bicentennial Man fans have already responded to this bonus episode with more interesting stories. If not, I'll tell you who's mentioned Bicentennial Man. It's me. Have I seen the movie? Maybe. I honestly couldn't say. What I can say is that I worked at Blockbuster circa 2004. On Friday nights, when most, if not all, the staff was working, we would have competitions to see who could rent out Bicentennial Man the fastest. Why this, at that point, five-year-old movie? Who knows? But it was fun, and I love telling the story as proof that you should never trust a teenager making minimum wage. (laughs) Have you ladies ever felt tricked by a movie recommendation? I hope not, but I'd love to hear about it if you have. Thanks for all you do. Beth. Wow, Beth. That's a great game. Yeah. First of all, I'm shocked that Blockbuster stuck around until at least 2004. (laughs) And now I'm thinking about it because I'm like, okay, remember when I bought that copy of Untamed Heart? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember what year that was. And I want to say it might have been like, yeah, maybe during that era. But it's, I mean, I don't know when it exactly went out of business completely, but 2004 well, seems so late. It seems late. <laughs> it's And there was that documentary that I haven't seen, but it's like the last blockbuster. So there was one blockbuster that, oh, that hung on. So I don't know when, but it was later than we would have thought that blockbuster would have gone out of business for sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, so I love that that game existed. Um, I hope you won it several times, Beth. In terms of your question, have I ever felt tricked by a movie recommendation? I can I can think of at least two times. Ooh. Number one is when I was hosting this podcast with this woman, Danielle Henderson, and she told me to watch this movie called Border <laughs> from 2018. <laughs> So there's that one. I think that's that goes down as leg- a legendary <laughs> trick. That's happened to you at least 15 times on this as we started <laughs> no, this no, it's podcast. True. Now that I'm thinking about it, I can think of more than two. 
But that one is the one that sticks with me. But I will say, it, it was like a double trick. Because <laughs> you ended it, up liking it. Because I ended up liking it. So it was the thing where it was like, you tricked me into watching it. It was more depraved than I ever thought it would have been based on your recommendation. But then I ended up liking it. So it's like, I don't know. It was like, I think you obviously had a method to your madness, okay? Completely. Completely. And I'm glad you ended up liking it. Me too. It was one of my favorite discoveries of last year. So, you know, that that's kind of magical when that happens. The second one, mm, I, I hesitate saying this because I feel like I have a lot of friends who are fans of this movie. And I will say I'm talking about the original and not the sequels, but... When I when that movie X by Ty West came out a few a few years ago, oh, I had a lot of friends who hard fucking sold me on that movie. They really? were like, "This is the greatest movie of all time. It's so fucking great. It is totally up your alley. It's so it's like the newest, coolest, greatest movie." You know, amongst my friends who were kind of into that kind of, um, I don't know, exploitation world, but like some Nicholas Winding Refn adjacent folks. So it was like people whose tastes that I sort of admired, you know? So it wasn't like my mom telling me to watch (laughs) X. (laughs) So I had a lot of like expectations going into that movie. Right. And then I was like, oh, this this is the movie that y'all are gassing up so much? I mean, mm-hmm. it was okay, but it was like they had watched Showgirls or something. I don't know. It was like this thing where it felt like this huge, huge event. And then when I finally saw it, I was like, oh, okay. Well, that was fine. I will say that I liked Pearl, the the one nice. that came after. I guess it's a prequel. Oh, right, right, right. I liked Pearl a lot better than X. But yeah. in terms of being tricked by a movie recommendation, I guess that's close. That's a pretty good one. And it's, and it's a more modern, like, more recent example, too, which I like, because yeah, there are a lot of those where people are really, and you don't ever, like, I never want to, I don't know, I never want to want to be part of dismantling someone's joy if they like a movie. Like, if you like it, yes. great. I just don't ask for a lot of movie input for that reason, because I'm like, oh, if you like it and I don't, then it's going to be a conversation that I don't want to have. Well, and right, and like that was the thing t- for me when I was thinking, but this movie is essentially like X, the original movie, like is is essentially an homage to seventies porn meets like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like kind of horror, rural horror stuff. And I was like, well, y'all certainly have seen all those movies. And yeah. the and they and those movies have been there's been a lot of like homage movies based on that era of that kind of yeah. like grindhouse era. So I was a little surprised. I thought maybe like people I was like, I don't know, this doesn't feel like super fresh to me, but then, you know, I don't know. I guess it really resonated with people. But I just personally felt like I think that I just thought it was gonna be something different than what I saw. So yeah, I'll just leave it at that. But um well, my example you? of being tricked goes, I, have, I also have two examples. One goes way back when I was in sixth grade and my friend Heather and I went to the movies to see a movie that she picked out called Hexed. 
And I don't know if you remember this movie. It stars Arya Gross. And it's awful. <laughs> it is a bad fucking movie. About 20 minutes into the movie, she gets up and doesn't come back. And I'm like, <laughs> the fuck? She went and snuck into Alive and saw the very good movie Alive and left me to see the fucking shit that she picked out that was awful. Dude, I would have been pissed because I've been wanting to rewatch Alive for like five years. Yeah, it's such a great movie. Wow. Oh, we should put I'm it on the pod this... for sure. Okay. Hexed, 1993. Wow. This oh, it was 93. Then was... it was even it was even older. Then I was like a, a teenager. Then it was I wasn't 12. I was like 14, 13 or 14. Then a socially awkward clerk who is also a pathological liar falls in love with a supermodel. Terrible, okay. terrible. <laughs> Read that cast out. It's terrible. Oh my gosh, you've got. Is it Ari Gross? Yeah, Ari Gross. Adrian Shelley, who I really like. Yep. Arlie Ermy, <laughs> Ray Baker, Michael Knight, Norman Fell. Wow, Norman Fell. <laughs> Speaking of, is this going to be your last movie? <laughs> It, not that we care about Rotten Tomatoes, but it does have 9%. Yeah, because it's awful. And she left, she picked the movie, left me in there, and went and saw Alive. And I'm wow. like, you think I wouldn't want to see some fucking cannibal shit? Oh, I would have never forgiven her. I would have been like, you're written out of this. I, I truly don't know if I ever saw a movie with her again. I cannot <laughs> recall a movie I've seen with her since. We're still friends. I've not seen a movie with her since 1993. <laughs> Uh, the other movie that I was tricked into seeing re- requires a full bonus episode review and discussion because it's the Barbie movie. And that's all I'm going to say about that right now. Oh, my God. Okay. I debated whether or not I was going to mention that <laughs> because I'm looking at you. I, I made that dog head turn face <laughs> at you just now. Because yeah. I was like, oh, I can, that's definitely on my list, but I don't know if I should bring it up because Danielle and I have talked about it privately. Yep. Oh, I was tricked. Mm. I was tricked into watching that movie by marketing, by all of y'all out here having fun and going out. Just, we will discuss, but I still need to recover first from the experience. But yeah, yeah. those are my two examples. So I oh, would shit. rather have seen by fucking Bicentennial Man again. I wish somebody had dragged me into that theater. <laughs> and let it. me tell you right now, that Barbie episode could go one of two ways. It could go one and, of two and, ways, but it could definitely go for five hours. <laughs> it could definitely go for five hours, yeah. Oh, Lord. Well, Beth, I'm glad you're a white lady with a mudroom, and I thank you for your email. That was fantastic. I love recounting exploits of video store clerks at any time. Oh, speaking of border... <laughs> I just saw the next email. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's good that I'm reading this. We got an email from Anonymous, who goes by she, her pronouns. This email is titled, More Like Border? Question mark. Howdy, Millie and Danielle. I am an OG listener. From day one, you ladies have cracked my ass up every episode and will never stop laughing at Millie saying, boy, like Flavor Flav. People loved that I did that. That was it's so funny. True. That was actually true from the brain. I didn't know how to pronounce that word. And and brought up a bunch of great movies to my attention that I would have not sought out otherwise. 
Looking at You, The Skin I Live In, Black Christmas and River's Edge, amongst many others. So thanks to you both for the laughs and great insights on film. I just finished your book, Danielle, and have to thank you for being so vulnerable and hilarious. It has allowed me to more deeply connect to people in my life who had similar upbringings, and you are just a beautiful writer. Can't wait for the next one. A little background, I have been struggling with debilitating anxiety for the past six months or so. While I used to be an avid horror fan, now I can't enjoy them because they can trigger panic attacks. So my question is, what are some movies that are weird, interesting, and exciting without being actually scary? For example, Border was an amazingly odd film y'all got me to watch. It gave me that same rush of surprise that I used to get from weird horror movies, but without the fear. I love you, ladies. Thanks again for being so effortlessly cool and honestly yourselves from Anonymous. Oh, thank you, Anonymous, for saying such nice things about my book. All right. Yeah, for sure. I, um, wow. I feel like we've answered this question before a long time ago, maybe in a different context. Yeah. But, um, but we do, I think, get questions about non-scary horror films yeah and i actually have to think about this because i think what people like i think there are levels to this shit obviously you've got like horror which is the feeling of dread or fear about a situation right and then you have violence and mm. gore which i think are are separate things, right? Like a horror movie can be scary, but yeah. not violent and gory. Yeah, you know, like because yeah, I sure. I would consider like psychological thrillers horror movies to a yeah, certain absolutely. degree. But absolutely, there's no like people running around with knives and chainsaws type of thing. Right, right. Yeah, I think it's also like you don't have to. Some of my favorite weird movies are not horror films. And if yeah. you want to just avoid horror altogether right now because of your anxiety, I think that's you can still find great weird movies that have nothing to do with that. So I think but in in the same vein, I think that based on the examples you've given of the movies that we've already featured on the podcast that you liked, it's always a good idea to look at more work from those directors. So if you want something that's weird on the level of the skin I live in, check out more Almodovar films or check out more films by the directors who made Border or, you know, kind of look at those first if you know that you like that style. And then if you're reading about what the movie actually is, then you can kind of dip in, dip a toe in that way and kind of figure out which of these plots seems to be more in line with what I'm what I want right now. And I think there's also like, I don't know, like there's movies like um there's a great film uh called A Film with Me in It. And it's um Dylan Moore. It's an Irish film from a while ago. And it's just kind of this heightened comedy of errors, but it's so weird and I've just never seen anything like it. And that's a great movie to watch if you just kind of want to be entertained and it's funny, but it's also harrowing, but it's not a horror film. And then there's movies like, oh God, what was that Billy Connolly movie where he was a zombie? It's called Fido, mm. I want to say, where it's like very funny, but it's not like horror funny. So maybe look that like stuff like that up or like um, like Swiss Army Man was really fun and weird. You can go to different countries and cultures. Like if you look at um, there's a lot of like great, strange 
films by like Bong Joon-ho or like there's just really great again like weird movies that are not horror fil- films at all but they're kind of psychologically interesting so I would look for stuff like I would start with stuff like that yeah I yeah I would go international too that's actually a good idea I to me I'm I'm kind of concerned about the threshold for the panic attack part because there's certainly movies that I feel like are thrillers creepy maybe maybe scary depending on your tolerance level for certain subjects right because I I started thinking about like what about something like Mulholland Drive right which is weird and strange it maybe has a couple of moments where it is scary you know like a surprise scary but then just kind of weird overall and feels kind of like unsettling, right? And then there are movies that I feel like are thrillers in the sense that they're putting people in potential dangerous situations. Like I was, I had just watched that movie Smooth Talk with Laura Dern and Treat Williams, which I felt like there's this kind of, category of of movies like that where I would consider maybe that movie or like even something like Night of the Hunter or this Jodie Foster movie called The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane where it's kind of like I don't know kids maybe in like weird situations with adults Mm -hmm. scary to me intense to me but not like a traditional horror movie, right? Yeah. And then there's also kind of these like atmospheric-y type of horror movies like Let's Scare Jessica to Death, which I wouldn't consider a horror movie necessarily, but it does have elements of a horror movie. It's more kind of like an atmospheric kind of dreamlike mystery mm-hmm. type of thing. And then, yeah, stuff like that, Foxcatcher. Did you watch Foxcatcher yeah. when it came out? Another creep movie or, mm-hmm. you know... Even, like, Seconds. Like, I feel like we always talk about Seconds, but um, Seconds is also kind of terrifying in a psychological way. I don't know. So those are kind of my general suggestions, but, um, you know. Yeah, interesting, exciting, without being, like, truly scary or horror-filled. I think those are... We would start there and then let us know how you're doing. Let us know how your panic attacks are. Let us know if you watch any of these films and you like them. Yeah. Uh, Our next email is from Gabriella, who uses she, her pronouns, and the email subject is pulling an Italian job. Mm. Dear Millie and Danielle, I'm a day one listener and slightly older than you guys, Gen Xer, who is so grateful for your humor and your wisdom. Early on, I shared your pod with my oldest girlfriend, the only person whose taste in movies I trust 100%, and I like to think we would have all hung out as a gaggle of esteemed dirtbags back in the day. Hmm. I'm currently in the Hotlanta airport listening to this week's newly available bonus episode and hoping I run into Millie and the story of someone blasting her flight with the pod after her Bluetooth failed to connect reminded me that I have a movie theater experience to share. Some friends and I were seeing the Italian job and had ended up in a row very near the front. At one point, a dude at the other end of our row cut a huge, loud, long fart that caused us, (laughs) and only us, to burst out in laughter. After that, 
farting audibly in public became known in our friend group as pulling an Italian job. <laughs> Love you guys, <laughs> Gabrielle. That's so fucking great. <laughs> I love that so much more than I should. I don't know why it truly makes me laugh to think of like, who goes to a movie theater? You've gone and like let out a silent little one. Like that happens, of course. Like people are blowing farts into movie seats all the time. All the, the time. The notion of doing a long, loud fart is like a choice. <laughs> that is a choice that this person made. And I'm glad that you could then co-opted into your own personal lore because that is hilarious. I mean, they took a gamble. They were like, what are the odds that somebody's going to hear this loud, long fart as there's, like, cars racing around? <laughs> I, haven't seen, I haven't seen the Italian. I, I haven't seen... Is it, I'm sure they're talking about, is it the Mark Wahlberg Probably, remake? Yeah. 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 I mean... I, I gotta be honest, I would maybe take a gamble like that if, <laughs> if during like an action film because you're like, oh, odds are it's going to be loud. There's going to be like distractions and maybe I can do it here. I but, would not take the gamble because farts are unpredictable. Oh, you might think they're are. going one way and they will veer off course real quick. <laughs> you might think you're doing a quick loud one and then all of a sudden you're now a, an in-joke amongst a friend group. And not only are farts unpredictable, but you don't know when this scene is going to stop unless it's like the fucking scene from Heat where they're shooting each other for 40 minutes straight. <laughs> you don't know when this scene is. This scene could be abruptly cut to the inside of a bank or the inside of a house yeah. and then go oh, back to the action. A hundred percent. Like, that is my only caveat is that you just don't know when it's going to happen. I mean, shit, when I saw Oppenheimer, I was like totally expecting... The bomb, the test bomb in the desert to explode. And when it didn't, it just went silent. I was like, oh, well, it's a good thing I didn't let out a long fucking fart because <laughs> I would have thought it's a terrible bomb would have covered it up. Oh, exactly. I would have, like, if anything in movie history, the atomic test bomb would definitely cover a fart if I had one. All I'm thinking about right now is the garbage pale kid. Um, Billy Blast, where he or an, an atom bomb, A D A M bomb, where he literally pushes the TNT detonator and like the top of his head is blown off, or like he farts out something. Like it's just, oh yeah, God, God it, love a garbage pail kid. Oh yeah, and in the garbage pail kids movie, when one of them blows farts <laughs> off a guy's mustache in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Which that I, clip a couple weeks ago of that, that Garbage Pail Kids movie character just running in, ripping a fart, and running back out. I think I wrote, I think I actually wrote about that in the book that I wrote. <laughs> Was that like moment? <laughs> you did. I was like, I'm putting oh, this God. mustache fart th situation into this prestigious Turner Classic <laughs> Movies book. And anyway, I also thank you for the email, but also let this be a lesson to everyone that you can always send me a fart story if it's related oh, yeah. to a film. I'm always down for your farting in public stories. Oh, we cherish them so much. Oh, wait. So we have an another email coming at you from James. This is actually a, a funny theory. It's called Jean-Claude Van Damme Theory. 
Dear Danielle and Millie, when Jean-Claude Van Damme makes movies with compound words as titles, they are great. When he makes movies with two words titles, they generally suck. <laughs> All great? Bloodsport, Kickboxer, Cyborg, Lionheart, not the greatest, Time Cop. Generally suck. Hard Target, Double Team, Double Impact, Universal Soldier. Thank you for your podcasts and books, James. Look, I love an in-depth theory about JCVD. <laughs> and that one pans out. That one holds up. That is a great theory. I I have to say, I sort of agree with this. I love Bloodsport, Kickboxer, mm-hmm. and Cyborg. Yep. So the, the, that tracks. I saw Double Impact in the movie theater, I think, mm. when it came out. And I... I don't think I enjoyed it. So no, it was bad. Same with the Universal <laughs> based Soldier. Based on that alone, <laughs> this theory, this theory holds water. And I wonder if he knows that. Maybe he's just in it for the paycheck on the double, the the two word titles. Shit, maybe yeah, maybe he's working for Rand at this point, and he's just like, are we doing a two word or a one word this time? Two words, double it. I need millions more to do a two-word <laughs> film because I know you're not going to earn that shit out. <laughs> One word, I'll take a cut because it'll be good. His lawyer's like, listen, JC, maybe your one-word film days are behind you. He's like, absolutely not. I can make a one-worder anytime. I could have started in Taken. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a great theory, James. Thank you so much. That was wonderful. Um, This one is also a short email that just truly made me laugh so hard. Uh, (laughs) The email subject is short note, my coffee table. Millie and Danielle, I'm listening to Let's Turn This Coffee Table Into a Cage Fight, and I need you to know that my sister and I spent so much of our childhood imitating Double Dare, American Gladiator, and Three Ninjas, and cracked our foreheads so many times on the coffee table that my mom moved the coffee table to basement storage permanently. I am 41, (laughs) and it has still not been restored to the living room. Thank God for thick skulls. Thanks for the recovered memories, Nora. That kills you. Where the mom was like, we don't have a coffee table anymore forever because you two oh. are so rambunctious. 100%. Actually, that's so funny that they mentioned that because my parents have pretty much done the same thing with their coffee table. So they they hang out with my nephews a lot. My nephews are eight and six, I think, at this point. And those two are so insane that they have decided to push their coffee table to... They put it, like, right underneath the television, which is, like, such a weird spot for a coffee table. But it's, like, completely out of the way of, like, the couches and everything. And so when you walk into their house, there's just this fucking coffee table underneath a TV. And nobody uses it. It doesn't hold drinks or anything. And it's just, and it's been that way since my nephews were born, basically. Incredible. Like, we we know where this is going. Yeah. And we ain't taking the risk. We will completely rearrange our own aesthetic so that these children will not kill themselves in our home. <laughs> that is I have to say uh, one of the more one of the more pleasurable things about being childless is that I have to I, I have my furniture in the places that I want them. If you know Absolutely. I mean. Oh, my furniture's yeah. where I want it. I don't have to worry about putting things up on high shelves. 
I don't have to worry about covering up plugs and outlets. Parents do a lot. You have to do a lot day to day to make sure a child survives the day. And I, yeah. I, I acknowledge that. Like, I appreciate and acknowledge that. And I don't want to do it. So high five to all of you who are actually protecting your children. As you can tell from Nora's email, the way that our parents decided to protect us and deal with it was like, oh, you don't get to have a coffee table anymore. You fucking <laughs> also, maniac. Also, like, all, I don't know about your house, but, like, my parents had a lot of, like, glass and mirrored furniture type of shit. <laughs> like, it was a very Scarface in that house. And I was like, I'm surprised we didn't decapitate ourselves, to be honest. Oh, surely. Like, curio cabinets? Who has a curio cabinet? My grandma did. My grandma yeah. did. And that My thing, parents still have one. Absolutely. <laughs> like all, And it was filled with glass. It was a glass cabinet filled with more glass. How we didn't break everything in there is beyond me. Yeah. Oh, definitely. There was a lot of, like, cocaine-influenced furniture in the 80s that <laughs> I'm surprised we just didn't, like, Sever arteries every day after school. Okay, how how much time we got? We got one more? I think we have one more. And oh God, it's so funny. But thank you, Nora, for writing in with the recovered memory. Yes, Nora. The, absolutely the best. Okay, so we got one more. Greetings. Love the pod. My favorite podcast, in fact. The only one my husband will listen to with me. Well, I'm so glad he heard your last podcast. Don't disturb this boog. He's from Norway and told me the funny titles for films there. Since Jaws translated in Norwegian would not bring people to the theaters in Norway, it was called Shark Summer. And so Tremors was called Worm Summer. <laughs> movie posters attached. And that, those are two hilarious movie posters. While an avid film watcher and lover that grew up with TCM, always on our TV, you've opened me up to films I may have never otherwise watched, especially movies from the early 2000s. Am I right, Millie? I'm in my early 40s, and it's so great listening to women my age talk about film and their lives. So great to meet you both in Columbus, Ohio. Best, Megan. P.S. Another fun Norwegian title, The Wonder Years and Married with Children were aired back-to-back. One was called Our Best Years, and the other, Our Worst Years. <laughs> <laughs> Also, what if the Wonder Years was our worst years? (laughs) Shit. It was for me. I don't know about you. (laughs) I absolutely love the practicality of a Norwegian film title. They're like, it's fucking shark summer or worm summer. Take your pick. What kind of summer do you want to have? (laughs) It's our best years. It's our worst years. What more do you fucking want from me? Yeah. They're like, cut to the fucking point and tell us what this movie is. It's a worm (laughs) summer. I love Worm Summer. Worm Summer. That's so fucking funny. Oh, God, it's so good. It's so good. Shark Summer and Worm Summer. Shark Summer also just sends me over the edge. Over the fucking edge. Like, what is... What do you think they called The Godfather? Like, horrible parents? (laughs) (laughs) Like, Godfather doesn't translate. We call it bad parent, Dumb brother. (laughs) Dumb brother, good brother. It was the, the original title of The Godfather in Norway is Our Idiot Brother, which yeah. ended up being another movie that came out much later. Oh, my God. I I think we should come up with a list of... We should actually maybe task the listeners, if you can come up with 
really basic two-word <laughs> titles for for films in the Norwegian style, just send them to us at asajdidpod at gmail.com. Oh, please. please. And look, Megan, if you want to send us more examples, if you or your husband, who also listens, hi, husband, if you want to send us more examples, I'm so down. Oh, yeah. Because totally. these posters are hilarious. Oh, my God. Yeah, I um, I love foreign translations of, of American movie titles. That should be... Maybe we should do an episode about that. Oh, that'd be so fun. Also, on the, <gasps> the, the VHS cover of Worm Summer, underneath, it's because it's called Mark Somar, and underneath <laughs> it says, Kajemp Marker Angreeper. I want to know what an Angreeper is. Angreeper? Ang- angry Worm? <laughs> I'm going to be looking it up. I'm hopping on Duolingo, and I'll be like, let me input some film titles so they can tell me what the Norwegian translation is. And not and not for nothing, but my, my man Fred Ward is looking real good on the back cover of this. You need to get off this Fred Ward. <laughs> that picture is about a millimeter big. You cannot turn this into a Fred Ward is hot situation. <laughs> humana, humana, humana in a chambray shirt. But I love that you're tr- I love that you'll try. I love that you will not let you will not let anyone forget that no. Fred Ward is your dude in this film. They don't call it Worm Summer for nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Break out the French tickler. <laughs> well, all right, everyone. As always, we really appreciate these emails. They crack us up. They make us think. Such such entertaining stuff this time. If you want to email us with yours, do so at asawatchedidpod at gmail.com. Don't forget, we will read them unless you tell us not to. And if you want to put pronouns in there, please do so. And you can also find us on our social media. We are at Pod on Instagram and whatever Twitter is now. <laughs> X by Ty West <laughs> is what it's called. <laughs> the new social media platform, Pearl, coming at you in two years. <laughs> oh, my God. We actually have merch, everybody. It's uh, at the Exactly Right shop in the I Saw What You Did section. And you're listening to a bonus episode right now. The new ones come out on the main feed every third Thursday of the month. But our old bonus episodes are trickling out onto the main feed every couple of weeks on Wednesdays. That's right. Well, as always, Danielle, a fucking pleasure. So doing funny. This podcast with you. So good. The best. Uh, warm Soma. I'm Creeper! been an Exactly Right production. Produced by Casey O'Brien. Mixed by Edson Choi. Our theme song is by Tom Bryfogel. Artwork by Garrett Ross. Our executive producers are Georgia Hardstart, Karen Kilgariff, and Daniel Kramer. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at IsawPod. And you can email us at IsawWhatYouDidPod at Gmail. Follow I Saw What You Did on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase I Saw What You Did merch.